Atomica bombshell stood at the great smoking crater that was Monkey's Asshole Kansas and cackled shrilly. Bite my glowing irradiated womanly parts. Atomica bombshell was a gorgeous beast. Her long blonde hair whipped violently through the strong fallout air. She stood Amazonian, well over six feet tall, and buxomly poured into her metallic red and white nano-wear jumpsuit. Lowly slung around her hourglass hips was an aged black leather gun belt. Booker, come out. Don't think I don't know it's you out there. This smacks of a Fight Club Godzilla obsession. Over the crest of the gaping hole rose Booker. His short, slick-back, black hair clung to his head staunchly like a soap opera star's. He was wearing the long black robe of a priest, complete with the white punctuated collar. Across his clean-shaven, strong Roman jaw hung a brazen grin that was more teeth than lips. "'You can't be glad to see me, can you?' tittered Atomica. "'The last time we saw each other, I had to get two priests and a vat of rubbing alcohol to save my magnificent and beautiful member. I'm smiling for a shot at some payback.' Atomica hefted her gun up from her side holster. It was a standard-issue Time Warner 9mm. It was Vegas neon pink and had Pat Benatar roughly gouged into the side of it. "'Nothing about you is even remotely magnificent, you wonky bastard!' she screamed, over-emptying the gun's magazine audaciously. "'Get her, boys!' Booker reposted, and turned his head casually to look over his right shoulder. "'Super Japanese slash slash kill time for you and me!' bellowed several black-clad men that erupted from behind Booker. As they closed in on Atomica bombshell and brandished gleaming katana swords, she just rolled her eyes and reloaded her gun. "'Fucking ninjas! Really? You've been on the Netflix again, haven't you?' Her blue eyes sparkled like raw electricity as she easily shot down several of her assailants in close quarters, her maniacal laughter engulfed by the frenzy of gun reports. Atomic shrimp dynamite! Atomica was momentarily blinded by a sharp, white flash of light. She blinked hard several times and then warily opened her eyes. She looked down at herself and frowned. Instead of cuts or bullet wounds or a pile of dead idiot ninjas at her feet, she found her jumpsuit ruined by pulped bloody bits. Booker, you total piece of fuck. You ruined my favorite dress with with sodding atomic shrimp shrapnel, she shrilly shrieked as she stomped her foot up and down. If it makes you feel better, the ninjas were supposed to explode their nervous systems and, yeah, yeah, create an EMP and break my brain dead. You got gypped. Where'd you buy them? Walmart? That was too expensive. <laughs> What's cheaper than, no, no, you didn't. Yep, Booker said, realigning his grin lopsidedly to the left. Our old good friend, Dr. Overdrive. He was screaming for reasons Atomica cannot easily discern. He thinks you've outlasted your usefulness to the company. Atomica wore a bored look on her delicate face, but licked her pink pouty lips eagerly. The company's a big bag of crotchety old fart fucks that think we should live like fucking mushrooms, kept in the dark and fed shit. Now Atomica was screaming for no reason as well. The pair slowly started to walk down from their respective positions across from each other, from the crater's precipice, to meet in the middle, in the deepest part. Atomica, baby, I miss you, oozed Booker, uncharacteristically showing emotion. Atomica's eyes widened, softened, and then hardened back up. I can see the shock stick behind your back, you little shit. He sheepishly smiled. Oh. You think I'm just gonna lay down like some fucking mutt to you in those dick faces? The company experimented on people just to get their tiny erections from seeing how far they could go without getting caught. It was dumb shitty luck that Overdrive unlocked the gene that gave us our powers. Just luck. Booker's face twitched slightly. You said you liked my power, that it was an okay power. Girls only say that when your power is small and useless and bent sharply to the left. 
Booker's eyes welled with a sh thin sheen of tears. He blinked them back and suddenly dropped the electrified prod that he had held behind his back. It hit the ground with a tinny clang. Atomica gracefully dodged the searing bolt of energy that Booker let loose from his hands. My power is manly and hard, and lots of real women have said so, Booker roared over the sounds of crackling energy. Chat rooms don't count, you stupid twat. You only miss me because of the uranium-charged orgasms I used to have to fake while you sweated and flailed in bed. Pat Benatar spat bullets like it hated the taste of them, and one found its way through Booker's left knee. He hit the ground with the defeated thud of a bag of wet dirt. He rolled unceremoniously to the deepest part of the crater and moaned in pain. Atomica walked casually down to him and sighed mockingly. You are such a fucking baby. You took messier hits before, and you and I both know it. I just want you to come back, baby. That's all. You got a funny way of asking for a fucking date, Atomica said coolly, as she shot him in his other knee. That's why you have a hard time following me out of here, limpy. I'm taking down the company, one doomed fucking experiment at a time, and you can either get with that, or I keep shooting you. Booker rolled over and squinted at Atomica. He could tell she was charging one of her blasts. The air around her had that heat-haze quality to it, and she was starting to glow red. I'll survive whatever you do, he coughed through a sneer, thinly veiling his pain. When Overdrive builds me new knees and I can run the tits off a Ferrari, I'll find you. For what? Dinner and a movie? Another pointless fucking gunfight? I'm out of here, Atomica said as she turned away from the laughing Booker. If you want to join up with me, just look for the signs. Booker turned his head as Atomica burned up in a blinding white-hot light. He crawled from the wreckage of what was the already ruined outskirts of Monkey's asshole Kansas. If someone had said it looked like a bomb had gone off, not only would they be right, but they would have never seen the town before. The sat uplink beeped annoyingly in his ear. He winced and pressed it gingerly, opening the channel. Apparently the words, Call me, could be seen from space from Atomica's swath of previous destruction. That was Atomica Bombshell. I'm Doug, and this is Mr. Wright. We're going to be talking about book cover design. This is going to be a fun one, though it is going to be very succinct. I actually do have some notes on this. So starting a book cover design. I am notoriously known to be hands-on in terms of doing book design for everything I do. Comic strips, uh, or comic books, um, novels, uh, collections of short stories, uh, pretty much anything that comes out from me, I tend to be very hands-on, which can be annoying for certain artists. Now, this is because, and I'm going to kind of bullet point it all, usually, first off, I have an idea of what I want it to look like. If you don't have an idea, that's fine. We'll get to that. But I always have an idea for what I want it to look like. Usually, I'll take a look at uh, breaking down the elements of what's in the story. Um, when I did the design for Atomica Bombshell, which was just a short story, but I'll give you a little background... I used to write a piece uh, for a then-girlfriend for our anniversary every year, and this was the second anniversary piece. So I designed it like a book. I did a cover. I did a back cover with a picture of myself and saying, like, you know, this is his second anniversary gift to you. He loves you more than whiskey and cigarettes combined or something like that. Um, so I designed the cover to Atomica Bombshell. And uh, I was still really newly minted in uh, Photoshop and Illustrator, so I'm not going to post it. Um, it's a lot of stock imagery and, and you know, kind of dicking around. And I, I'm not extremely proud of it now, but at the time I was. 
So I had an idea of what I wanted to look like because I had the idea of Atomica Bombshell in my head. I could see her, other than obviously describing her in the piece. I could see Booker. Um, I could see, you know, the background of a, a Fallout Mushroom Cloud, um, the effects that I wanted to pull off using certain elements within Photoshop and Illustrator. So I had an idea. If you don't have an idea, that's fine. What you can do is you can Google book covers and genres that you've written or that the book is written in or the piece is written in. Um, you can go to any bookstore and just wander around and look at book covers. I did talk about this, wanting to grab a, a visually, wanting to grab readers' attentions and how just the book cover and the title of Han Kang's The Vegetarian just grabbed me and I bought it and I love it. Um, not just the cover, but I love the content, I love the book. So, run around, see what grabs you, take pictures of it, dissect it, what is it about it that grabs you, um, in terms of looking at it online or in, in a physical brick-and-mortar shop. If you're creatively inclined, like I am, and I'm sorry for the humble brag, you can design your own book cover. I designed my book cover for Strangest Kindness because I wanted a certain look to it, and I wanted to pay homage to the influences that got me there, um, so I wanted those elements, and I wanted to be very hands-on. Um, my friends know, in terms of the network, I'm a bit of a control freak, and that does not stop the network. It, you know, pretty much umbrellas everything I do. But if you have any creatively inclined friends, if you are not so yourself, go to them. Um, you can give them a proof copy or tell them the synopses, um, if it's multiple pieces or the synopsis. Um, and have them, you know, sketch it out or think of a couple ideas and go from there. Remember to put them in the acknowledgements, because that's always nice. Maybe kick him some cash or buy him a beer or something. Like I said, break down the elements, see what you come up with, um, or blind trust in a publisher. Um, but, you know, they're going to they're gonna put you in, cont uh, in contact with an artist, and you can work hand in glove like I would. Or you can just say, look, I trust your vision. You've obviously read a proof copy of it. What do you see? They'll give you, you know, probably three or four, and you can go, I like this, I like that, I don't like this. Or, once again, because it's an artist's collaborative relationship, and I've talked about that on previous episodes, you can say, I like this element in cover A, and I like, you know, this element in cover D. Let's see what we can do. If we, can we combine them? Can we tweak them? So never feel afraid or bullied or intimidated by book cover if, you're not doing it yourself. Um, always feel free. You have an opinion. It is your book. It is your brain baby. It is your brain child. Take care of it. It's yours to raise. Now, if you are, you know, creatively inclined and you do make your own cover or put in, like, you know, 90% of the input, don't be intimidated by that either. If it's not working out, feel free to reach out to friends or the publisher or artists I've done this before, just scrapped the whole thing and gone, I like these elements, let's see what I can do if I try again, and I'll get out a sketch pad and do, you know, three or four just quick sketches and go, okay, well, that one didn't work, but I liked the look of certain things, let's try to incorporate that into sketch B and see if I like that. So never feel intimidated um, in terms of book design, push yourself, push others for the best product humanly possible, because that's what's going to get you read, and on that note... I say goodbye. This has been Mr. Wright. Remember, you keep writing, they'll keep reading. Right on. 
If you like this, check out some of our other shows like D20 Proof, Knapsack Comedy, and Mr. Right. You can find us at www.bacnpodcast.com and by searching for BACN on iTunes and Stitcher. Oh, yeah.